0: It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible films. If you've made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please, send them my way. Now... What happens when you take an awesome idea and support it with just a mediocre cast Why you get the sci-fi cult classic, Cube? Everybody! Wow, that cut off a lot more abrupt than I thought it was going to. Welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. Uh, so yeah, it has been a crazy couple of weeks, hasn't it? Uh, and we're back talking about one of my favorite sci-fi films out there. Uh, I'm going to leave that on the table. I, you know. I adored this film when I first saw it, and actually it was my wife that introduced me to this film, and this is one of her favorite horror films as well, and the way that she got me into it was kind of how I've talked about it multiple times before, with uh, us watching Resident Evil, and she's like, hey, you know where that scene is from, right? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, the scene uh, with the guy that gets cut up by the uh, you know lasers in the hallway, I'm like, "Oh, that thing. Oh, I know I don't know where it's originally from and it happens to be from Cube." Now it's not exactly the same scene, right? It's different. Uh and it happens relatively early in the movie. Uh but the way the guy falls apart, it's the same way and it's definitely an homage to this film. Now, this is a film from 1997, and it definitely shows a little bit of its age, but it definitely is a very low-budget horror film. I mean, for the most part, they're in one room the entire time. You just change the fucking colors of everything. You know, you go from white to green to blue to red, then maybe you get like a yellowish tint, but for the most part, you're in the same freaking room for the entire movie. It really doesn't change much. And it's more of a uh, paranoia film than anything else. And it's a great talking point to the rest of the Cuba-verse. Uh You know, the rest of the Cube films. That's right. There's two others of these films. And later on, we will talk about them. But I thought, like I explained last episode, that it is best to start with where it all began right you don't want to just go into a series you know i guess you guys could say well you did jeepers creepers 2 and friday the 13th part 8 and jason x and all these films that have sequels i mean you did thanks killing 3 by the way whatever happened to 2 now there you're you're stretching a little bit okay because you know what the fuck happened with thanks killing 2 okay it got blown into fucking space And nobody's ever seen it. That's why we had to have the third one. We had to explain what the fuck went on. And then explain why that movie was so fucking awful. But we're not here to talk about Turkey. We're here to talk about Cube. So honestly, it's going to be really hard for me to talk about parts of this film. Because there are things that happen in both Hypercube and Cube Zero that are directly relatable to this film. And it's, to not mention it is going to be probably the hardest thing that I'm going to do this entire review, right? And I did take a step back with this, and I watched this once again kind of with open eyes. And honestly, what I decided to do was look at it and say, hey, is this as good, or will I like this film as much as I used to like it? Right? It's been a while since I've seen Cube. But, I know that Hypercube... And this is not a spoiler. Uh, It's a piece of crap. Okay? In my personal opinion. If you like Hypercube, what the fuck is wrong with you, for one? And two, okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. This is my opinion as well. But I think Cube Zero is a pretty good film, to be honest with you. Uh, So, it's interesting to see how everything plays out when you know stuff from Hypercube. And you remember stuff from Cube Zero. Because... In terms of the Cube universe, or the Cubaverse, not the Cuba Gooding-Juniverse, but the Cubaverse, uh, they all do, like I said, tie together, and Cube Zero goes first. So if you want to watch them in order of how the story plays out, it's Cube Zero, Cube, then Hypercube. And uh, to give you a brief synopsis of Cube Zero, it's how they create the cube in Cube. And then Hypercube is just, like, batshit and saying, like, we created a giant cube with multiple rooms and other rules. And so, I really had, like... (sighs) I had different memories going from all three, uh, and then slowly as I started watching the film, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that one's in Cube Zero. Oh, no, 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 that's in Hypercube. Oh, yeah, that's right, this happens in this one. Uh, it was actually, to me, it was very funny and very interesting to kind of go through it and have the knowledge of the other two films. So, I won't spoil either of those two films uh for this but i do say if you're going to watch another one of the sequels uh after you've seen this if you haven't i would basically skip hypercube um and listen to an episode when it comes out i don't know what i'm gonna do it i know i'm gonna do it later uh and that is a promise to all you guys uh, even though sometimes my promises don't always come true um, but <laughs> I do want to do both of those films. But definitely, if you're going to watch one of the two sequels, uh, well, technically, the prequel or the sequel, go see Cube Zero. Uh, it's worth your time, and uh, even though it's still kind of crappy, it's a lot better than Hypercube. But if you need to complete the Cube trilogy, then see Hypercube, but see it after Cube Zero. And honestly, if you've never seen any of these films before... I would do a favor, yourself a favor, see Cube Zero, then see Cube, because there's a big connection between the two, and then see Hypercube if you feel like you can handle another Cube movie, right? So, what is the general plot of Cube? And this is, I, I don't know how to say it right, right? It's very simple. Like, the, the basic premise is people go into a Cube, and it's like a Cube prison. Right, multiple rooms and there are some traps and things like that. That's that's your basic thing, but as you come to find out, there's a lot more that's kind of going on. And some of my biggest gripes come from the story because the the whole thing is completely like an original idea for the time, and it is really awesome. Like I like the premise of everything. And there are some things that happen in the film in terms of the story progression that really kind of go nowhere. And you will get more of that as we go along with this review. Uh, But I kind of want to lay these things on the table right now. And I normally don't do this type of thing. But honestly, this is what I want you to think about as I'm going through the rest of the film. Uh, So, without further ado, I guess, let's get in to cube uh so the film itself it starts off with a really cool eye, shot of, of somebody's eye and it opens up and it reveals a prisoner that is there well we're to assume he's a prisoner because he's dressed up in all these like gray garbs uh and he uh you know has looks like it's a prison jumpsuit of sort he's got a name on his shirt but i can't quite make out what it says uh and uh, he's kind of alone in the room and you hear some noises in the background So he's just waking up from whatever he's gone through, and he decides, oh, hey, look, there's a bunch of weird doors on the wall, and I'm going to open one of them up. He opens one, he steps in, and then all of a sudden he stops, and then there's a cool kind of camera fade-out, well, you see him fall apart right and that's this is the Resident Evil scene right because then it packs backs up and you see there's like a grate that is just cut through him so he the way he falls is on little squares and pieces because the thing is just Run right through them. And it's a really cool effect. It's a very practical effect for 1997, right? We don't think of that, well, I don't think of that as that long ago, but it's still something that when you look at that point, because you see some of the CGI that's used in this film, it's like almost Lawnmower Man type of CGI. Uh, still doesn't look terrible, but doesn't look the best that it could for the time being. Uh, from there then we get the title screen and the music that's there is kind of uh, in, in the really the music it's very limited in this film it's mostly noises but when they do play music it's kind of shitty to be honest with you it's not as bad as some of the other stuff that we've listened to before but here it's just kind of like there there's really nothing else to it Uh, it's got some weird, like, Hannibal Lecter type of things. Like, you hear in the background, like, how do we get Hannibal Lecter and Jason together in one soundtrack? Like, that's the music for Cube. And it doesn't play very often, it only plays in a couple spots, but like I said, most of the stuff that's going on is just kind of ambient noise, right, that you hear for most of the film. So after we cut from the credits, we see a hand rise out of one of the the bottom things in the cube. And his hand is really bloody. And again, this is something that you see and you want to make a connection somewhere. Well, why is he like that? To, oh, hey, it really doesn't matter because we're never really going to explain what's going on. This is Quentin, by the way. And he's kind of... One of the main focuses of the film. See, there's going to be a group of people that we're all going to be introduced to, but he's the very first person that we're introduced to. But he does meet somebody else over in the corner.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm not going to hurt you. What do you want? What? I don't know.
0: So. You don't know what, what... What would you think she is, right? You think that she's somebody that's like trapped you here, maybe? I guess. We can kind of get away with that. Well, that's Holloway, and she happens to be... Well, we'll find out who she is later on in the film. I don't want to give away the tropes or the character-like personas right now of who they were or who they are, right? We'll get back to it at, as we go along through the rest of the film. So Holloway here... Uh, she's freaking the fuck out. He manages to calm her down. And then there's two other people that are in the room. Uh, a man by the name of Worth. Uh, and then another lady, uh young girl, and that's Levin. So the only reason that we kind of get these names, and it's weird because... Quentin is the only one that gets called by his first name for the majority of the movie. There's another character that comes... Well, actually, two more characters that come through the film. One much later. One that's going to be showing up in just a moment. But... They really never use first names except for one scene where you get to learn Holloway's first name. Uh, these other two, everybody's just got their name actually on the jacket on the outside. So that's how they call everybody. But Quentin is the only person to actually introduce himself to anybody as Quentin. So everybody calls him Quentin. It's kind of weird that that is the only thing. And in, in, you get it when you get to the character trope. Uh, that he is portraying, right? Because even a, up front, he's very aggressive, right? He goes through, he's the one that enters the scene kind of most abruptly. He's the one that approaches everybody that's kind of there. And he's the one that takes the role of, well, the leader. Now, I do have to say that he does find Levin in a separate room, right? And he also, when he first comes through the hole, the way that we're kind of introduced to Worth as well is he is just kind of lying passed out on the floor inside the white room. But the first person that he really talks to is Holloway. So at that point, when he does first see Levin in the other room, because they all kind of hear the noise coming from that side... He warns her that she needs to be careful where she's walking.
1: Listen, we can't go climbing around in here. Why not? There's traps. What do you mean traps? be traps. I looked in the room down there and something almost cut my head off.
0: (laughs) So... Maybe the blood that he has on his hands is because he found one of the booby trap rooms and he kind of got hurt and that's what it is. But again, it's never quite explained. All we know is that he has probably been wandering around this place for quite some time and has managed to get past some of the traps that are set up inside uh, this kind of weird room situation right nobody knows exactly what it is but of course you can kind of guess that what they're inside is what the title of the movie is uh especially if you've seen the trailers right you kind of know where you're going with this Now, while they're all trying to kind of get a grip on what's going on, another character by the name of Ren, he drops down through the ceiling, right? You see, he's got an idea, and he has been kind of flowing freely, is what I assume, through the different uh, rooms that are there. He has his boots, and he's been using his boots basically to test whether or not there are traps. He believes that the traps are based on motion sensors. This kind of freaks out the rest of the group... And Quentin, he tries to get Everybody together just to kind of Calm down and maybe figure out Exactly how did they get into this Situation
1: Wait a second Let's all just relax for a minute Does anybody Remember how they got here Pierogies I was eating dinner Perogies, cheese and potato. I ran out of sour cream and then I went to the fridge and then...
2: I don't know. You? Levin? I... I just went to bed and...
1: What about you?
3: I just woke up here.
1: Middle of the night. It's like Chile. They always come in the middle of the night. Who... Only the government could build something this ugly. Oh, it ain't government. Then what is it? I don't know.
0: Oh, so is that how it's going to be, Holloway? Everything's just big fucking government's fault? Like, they have the additional funds and the means to go and build a giant fucking complex that's just a giant fucking cube that has traps that they want to kill everybody in? Really? That's what we're going to go with? Okay, fine. I guess I can kind of understand what your trope is going to be, uh, but there's going to be more on that later. So they decide to follow Ren around because Ren can possibly find a way out. No one's going to count.
1: Look, there's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. We can avoid the traps using the boot. Holloway, is it? What do you think? Look for an exit? Okay. What about you? It can't be that simple.
3: It won't be that simple. Look around. Take a good
1: long look, see? Because I got feelings looking at us.
0: Now, you hear towards the end of the clip, there's that big fucking sound, right? And none of them kind of really... put two and two together at this point and if you've seen this movie you know exactly what i'm talking about i won't necessarily get into it right now but you gotta remember that that sound is big loud and large and even ren himself says it sounds mechanical so uh they continue on uh you know levin she kind of freaks out uh and quentin here he calms her down by saying i'm a cop i know what to do in these situations and uh i'll make sure that we get out of here uh so they continue on and eventually they figure out who the old man who wren actually is what the air seems dry in there trapped molecular chemical sensor
1: why the hell it not the boot set it off
3: the boot's not alive Detects hydrogen sulfide excreted from the skin
1: How is it you know so much About sensors, Rens? Wren, Not Rens It's French Fine, you're French I'm asking how you Ren Sensor experts About the right age I don't believe it this guy's the wren the what he's the wren the bird of attica flew the coop on six major prisons seven
2: you're kidding right you can get us out maybe an escape artist
0: yeah harry
2: fucking houdini
0: so, he keeps testing the the room. Uh, Levin also has noticed that there are numbers in between each of the doors, which will come into effect a little later on. So, Ren tests the next room, throws the boot, and then deems that it's clear, and when he walks in, gets sprayed in the fucking face with acid. Oh my god, like after this whole speech of, oh yeah, I've broken out of so many places, whatever, and then he walks in, bam, right there, acid in the fucking face. And it fucking like caves his face in. It's really cool, really kind of disgusting at the same time. Like, the practical makeup that they used to simulate that is great. Even when he gets sprayed on the face, like, you see, like, part of his face kind of melting down to the point that when he's finally there and the acid's completely eaten through, half his face is just, well, half his head, I should say. His face is completely fucking gone. And all that's left is kind of like an oozing mess that's on the ground. And of course, they figure out, hey, there's more than just the motion detectors in all of these rooms. All right.
1: It's time to reassess this place. I've been over it again and again. Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished?
2: I've never done anything to deserve this. Forget about all that!
1: You can't see the big picture from in here, so don't try. Keep your head down. Keep it simple. Just... Just look at what's in front of you. That's what he said. Start with us. We got an escape artist and a cop. There's got to be a reason for that. You're a doctor, Holloway. That gives you a function, a reason, right? No, it just makes me go, why me and not one of the other 10 million doctors out there?
0: And this is when kind of some of the tagline starts to set in. See, the tagline for this movie, uh, at least from the poster, is "Fear." paranoia, suspicion, desperation, and everything kind of comes into play, like, and this is the other thing with Quentin, the, not the character, but the actor that portrays him, see, right now, he's kind of going into overacting mode, like, he started, and really, we're only about 15 minutes in or so, uh, at this point in the film, and he's still relatively decent, right, But as time goes on, it's like he almost turns on, uh, or remember that he had in his, like, back pocket the William Shatner school of overacting tips that he's been, you know, reciting to himself while he got the role? Like, those start to come out, and everything he just gets, like, worse and worse as the things go on, as the character changes from this point towards the end point. His acting just kind of goes downhill and it gets a little more over the top than I even remember. Whereas some of the other people, their acting actually kind of gets a little bit better. Holloway stays the same, honestly. She's just kind of like the stark, raving woman that, you know, is the conspiracy theorist lady. I don't know. Like You kind of, even with the characters at this point, we're trying to figure out exactly where does everybody fit. Because there's something about everybody, right? And there's a reason why everybody's there. Now, we know that Holloway, uh, well, we actually don't know what she is, but we know that she's kind of a conspiracy theorist. So maybe that's why she was thrown there. And we're trying to figure out why Quentin, a cop, would be thrown in this place as well. So there's a scene where uh, (laughs) Holloway does a jerk-off motion to Worth uh, that is really fucking funny. But honestly feels really out of place. And Quentin, he begins to kind of start thinking about how everybody there has to have some reason for being here. They have some purpose for being together inside of the cube. Uh, we figure out that Levin, she's kind of like a math student or a student. Uh, that Holloway is a doctor as well as, you know, a conspiracy theorist. And at this point, Worth, he declines to really kind of say what he does or who he is. Uh, they find, well, Quentin finds that Levin still has a pair of glasses on her, and he believes that nothing can be random, so there's a reason why she has those with her.
2: Your
1: glasses. You don't need them.
2: They're for reading.
1: Well, they took off her jewelry, but they must have put these on you. If nothing's random, why are they here?
0: So Levin actually figures out that the rooms themselves, with the numbers, there's something that goes on with those uh, that allows them to determine what room actually has a trap and what room doesn't. And she determines that any room that has a prime number is actually containing a trap
2: prime numbers i can't believe i didn't see it before see what it seems like if any of these numbers are prime then the room is trapped okay um 645 that's not prime 372 no 649 right 11 times 59 it's not prime either So that room is safe.
1: Wait, wait, wait. How can you make that assumption based on one prime number trap?
2: I'm not. The incinerator thing was prime, 083. The molecular chemical thingy had 137, the acid room had 149. You remember all that in your head? I have a facility for it.
0: Living, you beautiful brain. So at this point, we get a montage. A montage! Montage. Yeah, that's right, a real fucking montage, a math montage, actually, with some music that I just did better than the film does. Like I talked about it before, it's really just pretty shitty, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just not a very big fan of the music that's used in this film, even when it is used. Though, let background music right there in that little scene was kind of okay. So, they end up traveling along, and to the point that they reach a room where they get stuck... Because none of the rooms kind of match what they're looking for. And that's when Holloway kind of starts freaking out a little bit.
1: I need to smoke! I'd smoke a butt off the sidewalk. Holloway, just reel yourself in a bit. Come on. We're moving along. Things are looking up.
2: Okay, okay, you're right. I quit smoking years ago. I just need to be occupied.
1: Talk to him, have a conversation. What kind of doctor are you, anyway? Uh, oh, you know, in the free kind. Okay, chuchu, chuchu. Um, um. Come on, help me. Uh, tell me about your rugrats. Okay. We have three boys: nine, seven, and five. Oh, good God! Poor woman. There's no way I'd survive that. Yeah, she didn't either. She's not dead. She, we're just separated. I'm sorry. I can't just shoot the breeze.
0: Okay, okay. Let me get this straight. We're getting a little more backstory on Quentin here, right? And it's not really that interesting, to be honest. I mean, you kind of want to know, right? You kind of want to know what exactly happened with this wife. Why, if she's not dead, like, you're kind of saying, oh, well, she's not dead. It's like, you're talking about her like she's pretty much dead, right? Like, she had the last kid and that was it. Uh, but she had three kids and then she decided to bounce and leave you with the kids i don't know why do we necessarily need to know that couldn't we have just known about the kids in general okay you got three kids and that's what you're living for good all right we're we're done here we don't have to talk about like your wife has fucking left you for reasons that honestly we're really never going to know we might know at some point I just don't know why it has to be kind of emphasized upon here. Like, was there just, this is going to build more backstory for this character and it's going to make you feel more for him? Because the way the character turns out, why the fuck should we care, to be completely honest with you? So they're still talking in this room and then they start hearing noises. And this, oh boy, (sighs) this is where we get to meet... Kazan, Kazan, Kazane, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, It is honestly a straight-up representation of what Ben Stiller says in Tropic Thunder. You never go full retard.
1: Hi there.
3: This room is green.
1: Yes, it is. I want to go Back to the blue room. What is it, shocker? What? I think he's mentally handicapped. I like the blue room. Jesus
2: Christ. He almost broke my neck.
0: So he did fall through the ceiling, I might add, and almost fell on top of Levin, and that's how we kind of get introduced to him. And he's obviously been surviving on his own, but we don't really know how and we don't really know why. And honestly, I kind of don't really care. Now, I am going to say this. This character and the way that he is is actually explained in Cube Zero. And this is the connecting point to that movie. That's all I'm going to say, and you really should see Cube Zero to kind of get it. And this is the only spoiler for anything uh, not to Cube that we're going to talk about. So, he kind of wants to go there, and now you can tell that Quentin is kind of apprehensive in taking him with them, just because of the state that he's actually in, but Holloway, she decides that she's going to look after him. I mean, they kind of, you know... She, she really—I don't know what the fuck she's doing with him because she kind of allows him to slap her head. And then what I have to think about, and what I really want to ask the director at this point, like, did you really need him to act this much like a person with autism, like that terrible? It's to the point that it's really laughable. Are you trying to make him like the comic relief of the film, or are you just trying to do something different with him and show that he's really? autistic i mean honestly it it does reach tropic thunder levels of uh hilarity for me but you know other might see it as oh hey he actually did a pretty good job of acting somebody like that with that type of disability there's also a very funny conversation that happens between uh quentin and holloway because holloway you know she expresses more about her conspiracy theory about the place and what she believes to be the military industrial complex that has created this prison that they're in.
1: Only the military industrial complex could afford to build something this size. Oh, way, What is the military industrial complex? Have you ever been there? I'm telling you, it's not that complex. How would you know from where you are? Who do you think the establishment is? <laughs> it's just guys like me. Their desks are bigger, but their jobs aren't. They don't conspire, they buy <laughs> boats. No, this place is... Remember Scaramanga? The bad guy in The Man with the Golden Gun? Yeah? It's some rich psycho's entertainment.
0: (laughs) Is that what you think? Clear! Now, I forgot to mention that all these guys, and you can hear it kind of when they talk to, they all have buttons. See, Ren gave them or told them to suck on each of a button so that way they generated enough saliva so that they could last longer, right? Uh, without food or water inside this cube, eventually they're going to die in about eh, four days. Because that's what Holloway thinks, right? Since she's a doctor, this is about much that they can survive without any type of liquid or food. You could probably survive a little longer without food than you could without water. Uh, But, you know, for the sake of the argument, we're going to go with what this film is doing. And that's why they're using the buttons. It's kind of an interesting hypothesis. Uh, that they can chew or soak not soak but suck on the buttons uh, and actually get enough saliva to maintain themselves a lot longer than they could but as the film goes on they definitely start to feel the pain and fatigues of not having water so when Holloway goes ahead and goes into the next room she starts choking on her button and it freaks everybody out because they think that oh it's not a safe room, it's a room with like a gas or something like that, but no, it's a false alarm, Uh, and she just swallowed the damn button. Uh, So they go, uh, and Quentin is like kind of pushing Levin just a little too much, it seems like maybe the paranoia is starting to actually seep in on poor Quentin here. So, she finds a room and she deems that it is uh, without traps. And when he goes inside the room, Quentin goes inside the room, a trap actually gets set off. And this causes more of that paranoia and whatever to kind of set in with everybody. And that's where you kind of uh, have an argument between Quentin and them where he's saying the numbers, they just don't work.
1: So, what happened? You saw what happened.
3: Quentin.
2: I guess the numbers are more complicated than I thought.
3: Maybe they mean nothing at all.
2: No, it means they're more involved. They work for us up to now, haven't they? I just need some more time with
0: them.
1: But we need to rest anyway. Well, that's handy. Because there's not a fuck of a lot else we can do.
0: So they continue to keep talking. Uh And... Kazan decides that he's got to go in the corner And he's got to pee It looks like he's going to jack it Kind of just like what Holloway did earlier in the film But really he had to pee And they all kind of start getting upset With each other As tempers begin to heighten Amongst the group uh, Quentin actually gets Worth into an argument And Worth lets some things slip out Fuck you, Quentin I don't want to die
3: I'm just being realistic. You think they'd
1: go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? You think they would have left us clues and let us beat it so far if there wasn't a way out? You think we matter? We don't. Put us out of your misery so we can get on with getting out of here. Oh, you're not getting out of here. Yes, we are. No, you're not. Yes, we are! There is no way out of here!
0: Oh, how do you know that, Worth? Oh, let me guess. You have something to do with this. You were there at the beginning, just lying down on the ground, kind of like Saw, right? You remember that movie Saw, where the killer was in the room the entire time? Oh, I'm sorry, I spoiled a movie that was, uh, God, uh, at least over 15 years old by now. Uh, But that's kind of what happened at the beginning of this, right? He's just kind of randomly there laying down, and he doesn't want to say anything. Now, you could have guessed some things on your own, but honestly, wasn't that kind of in the back of your mind the entire time that you were seeing this, that he was going along with everything, he doesn't want to say what he does, he doesn't want to have any kind of interaction, and he's very, very negative with everything. And that's exactly the techniques that Quentin uses to get Worth to kind of spill the beans, and to truly tell everybody that he was lying and to tell them exactly what he had to do with the cube.
3: I designed the outer shell. What? The shell of the sarcophagus.
2: You built this thing?
3: Not this part, the exterior. I I don't know anything about the numbers or anything else in here. I was contracted to draw plans for a hollow shell. A cube.
2: A cube? Why didn't you tell us? For God's sakes, Worth, you knew what it was. No. Oh.
0: Worth. You're lying. Okay, there's a couple of things here. First off, why wouldn't Worth tell them at all that he was had some hand in building the cube? Or at least about the cube, right? Maybe he could have played it off like, Oh my God, I can't believe we're in this. I've heard about this before hint hint wink wink you know that would totally maybe throw them off the trail but i get maybe not say that hey i worked on the prison that we're now locked inside or this maze that we're locked inside of right now uh because yeah they might have beat the shit out of him which eventually something like that kind of happens but he should at least said something about the cube in general whether he just fucking hid it from them that he worked on it or not you know say that hey you know what I've heard of this place before. I heard of it from like a friend or something like that. Or I've heard myths or or rumors about it around here. That somebody built a cube. And this must be it. And we must be inside of it. Because it was like a death trap. But of course, you know, he explains there that he doesn't really know anything more about it. He just kind of knew that he was building one part of it. And everybody else works together. And kind of... You know, works on pieces of the cube, and then it all comes together in the end. And of course, this also leads to Holloway truly exposing herself as the conspiracy theorist that she is.
3: Never even left my office. I talked on the phone to some people, other guys like me, specialists working on on, on small details. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody cared. Bullshit.
1: You knew from square one. Look at him. He's up to his eyeballs in this thing. No, Quentin. That's how they stay in. You keep everyone separated so the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. The brain never comes out in the open. Whose brain? It's all the same machine, right? The Pentagon, multinational corporations, the police. If You do one little job. You build a widget in Saskatoon, and the next thing you know, it's two miles under the desert, the essential component of a death machine. I was right! All along, my whole life, I knew it! I told you, Quentin, nobody's ever gonna call me paranoid again! We gotta get out of here and blow the lid off this thing!
0: How the fuck do you expect to get out of there right now, and why would you be going so goddamn crazy over this? Except for the fact that, yeah, honestly, she's being proven right. She knew there was something about it. So now you can kind of put things... She didn't necessarily know there was a cube, but she had conspiracy things about whether or not the government was actually a part of something that was bigger. So now you have kind of an inkling why maybe she was thrown into this cube type thing. Uh, and what... What are the roles? Why are all these people thrown into this thing together? Uh, And we'll try to discover what that is as we go on throughout the film. But I really want to know why you have to have this kind of conspiracy person. And why at this point she feels so vindicated about knowing that something like this exists. Of course, Worth also does put her back in her place. You don't get it.
1: Then help me, please, I need to know.
3: This may be hard for you to understand, but there is no conspiracy. Nobody is in charge. It's it's a headless blunder operating under the illusion of a master plan. Can you grasp that? The big Brother is not watching you.
1: What kind of fucking
3: explanation is that? It's the best you're going to get. I looked, and the only conclusion I could come to is that there is nobody up there. Somebody! I had to say yes to this thing. What thing? Only we know what it is. We have no idea what it is. We know more than anybody else. I mean, somebody might have known sometime before they got, they got fired or voted out or sold it. But if this place ever had a purpose, then it got miscommunicated or, or, or lost in the shuffle. I mean, this is an accident, a, a forgotten perpetual public works project. You think anybody wants to ask questions? All they want is a, is a clear conscience
0: and a fat paycheck. I mean, I leaned on my shovel for months on this one. This was a great job. It's at this point that Quentin gets pissed off enough to do some slow motion punching. And I'm not talking about the type of slow motion punching where it's actually in slow mo. No, when you were like a kid, right? And you're playing with your friends and you were going to do slow motion fighting with them. Like you just saw a ton of Dragon Ball Z, right? And you're like, okay, you're going to be Frieza. I'm going to be fucking Goku. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be fucking Frieza. I want to be fucking Goku. Fine. Then you be Gohan and I'll be good. No, no, I don't want to be Gohan i want to be fucking goku okay you you this is my fucking house these are my fucking rules i get to be fucking goku and you can go be fucking yamcha okay go in the quarter be okay i'm getting a little too uh into this right now so but really honestly you'd like play kung fu with your friends but you'd punch super slow so that way you could like choreograph the moves that you had with them right and you wouldn't necessarily hurt them eventually you'd get faster but you'd punch somebody you know relatively slow and not hurt them and this is what quentin is doing it's like he's fucking five years old or maybe seven years old again and he's like just kind of punching him not really like strong or hard or fast it's like the lamest fucking punches but they're still landing on worth and causing a ton of fucking damage but it's so bad that levin grabs Quentin's arm and stops him like she's wonder fucking woman and able to just grab him and completely immobilize him like it's not even like there's no pull, there's no tug, it's seriously like a fucking martial artist, like kung fu movie, the kung fu master grabs, you know, the guy's gonna go down and he's gonna beat on the woman, right? And right before he starts beating on the poor girl, the kung fu master comes in, grabs the hand, is like, you do not lay a hand on her. That's what she does, except for she's wonder fucking woman, and he's fucking Ludendorff, where the fuck his name was, and that guy on the ground is Chris Pine. Okay? So, She holds him back in this scene and manages to calm them down. So now that they're all separated, she goes over to Worth and asks him, Hey, can you tell me more information about this outer shell?
2: There's this outer shell. Yeah. And it's a cube, right? Like this? I assume so. Are there any doors?
0: Just one
3: door. Where? Wherever the door guy put it. Six guesses and a seal from the
2: outside. And what are the dimensions of the outer shell?
3: (laughs) 434 feet square.
0: So there's a door that we know of, okay? So there actually is a way out. He just doesn't know where it's going to be. Because honestly, like he's explained to them, he worked with some bigger corporation that just gave him a lot of money and was able to just work on a piece of this. Kind of determining what would be required to build the outer shell. He didn't physically build it or use a company to build it. He just gave them the means to build it, right? The formulas, the drawings, all that stuff. And then other people worked on other parts of it, probably starting at one point and then working their way inwards into the workings of everything that's going on. So with this information, she's able to actually determine how many rooms there are inside this cube.
2: Okay, well... The biggest that the cube can be, then, is 26 rooms high, 26 rooms across, so 17,576 rooms. 17,576 rooms? Oh, that makes me crazy.
0: So, yeah, there are a shit ton of rooms. Like ridiculous amount of rooms that they may have to go through to even get to wherever they need to go they don't even know where the fucking exit is so levin being the math genius that she is she kind of figures out what the numbers on the outside mean and figures that they're coordinates but something doesn't make much sense to her
2: what's the matter these coordinates 14, 27, 14. What about it? Well, they don't make sense. Assuming the cube is 26 rooms across, there can't be a coordinate larger than 26. If this were right, then we would be outside of the cube. No, not outside of the cube.
0: So they decide to keep moving, and they figure out that they're in a room where there's nothing but traps around them. And the one trap that they decide that, hey, you know what? If we're going to get to the outside of this cube, well, Quentin decides, actually, we're going to go through the trap room. And it's a room that is activated by noise, by only the noises that come from them or something else within the room, not the doors. And that's very important for the scene. And we actually get a really cool and really suspenseful scene here because they're all walking through the room, and they're trying not to set off anything. It's not very long, and like with most of the action sequences in, the, in this movie, it kind of just goes by, right? It's a good couple of minutes without really anything going on, other than them, them being quiet and having to get through uh, our little mentally challenged friend here. Not very little. He's actually pretty tall. Uh, but him going the wrong way at the first point, And of course, Quentin being the last person that goes in. Now, before he gets out, crap starts going bad and he thinks that there's going to be a sound be made and that the room is going to spike him to death. Uh, but he manages to get to right to the exit. Uh, and then when he does, uh, poor friend Caven here, or Craven, or where the fuck his name is, Uh, he lets out a little happy hip, and that starts the chain reaction in the room with the spikes coming out of the walls. Quentin's able to make it outside, but once he gets over there, uh, he gets very, very mad, and he gets really fucking savage on Holloway. Fucking
2: fuck! That's enough! He's a trap! Let him go right
1: now! The jungle, Holloway, he's endangering the pack!
2: Let him go, you Nazi! you call me quentin you let
1: that innocent boy go you listen to me woman every day i mop up after your bleeding heart the only reason you even exist is because i keep you i know your type no kids no man to fuck you so you go around outraged sticking your nose up other people's assholes sniffing their business Side there aren't you that's your problem
0: did he just say that she's got a dry fucking vagina like the reason that you're a bitch is because your pussy's dry i think that's what he just fucking said and that is pretty fucking savage and of course there's the obligatory it's a trap like that's what those people are right they're fucking traps uh God, I can't believe I'm making myself laugh on that stupid piece of shit. Uh, So, man, he shouldn't be so upset because, honestly, he made it just fine. Like, he wasn't even that much of danger. He was right there by the damn exit. He was able to slide himself in there. I'd understand if he was halfway through the room and then that happened and then he barely made it out. But, honestly, he went through and then the spikes came. So, whatever. He's fucking fine. And then to fucking go and attack her because he's trying to beat the shit out of a kid that's fucking mentally challenged over here. Hey, you know, she's just protecting him because that's what doctors do. And then you gotta go tell her she's got a fucking dry fucking vagina and that's why nobody wants to fuck you. And that's what turns you into a fucking loony bin fucking conspiracy person. Well, she gets back at him because she says, "I well, the reason that your wife actually left you was because you had a thing for younger girls. And then it makes sense the way that fucking uh, Quentin here has been treating Levin the entire time. He really is into her, and you think that maybe it's just a more fatherly mentoring type thing? Like, hey, I want to make sure that you know that you're actually worth something and that we need you to get out, but no, it's probably because he just wants to fucking boner. Um... And that really, really pisses Quentin off. To the point that he slaps the ever-loving shit out of her. Um, I honestly think, though, that her retorts are a little more savage than his. But, uh, I don't need to just play every fucking savage line that you hear in a movie, ever. I just wanted you to hear about dry fucking vaginas. And for you to imagine it. Dry vaginas. Now in Cube. So, they find uh, a way to another room. Well, I guess it's not actually the, another room. It's actually a window to the outside. But they're at some random point in the goddamn cube. Uh, and they decide that, hey, there's got to be a way that we can check the outside. And it's going to have to be by swinging. And Quentin wants to be the one that goes out there and does the swinging. But, of course, he's too fucking heavy. we got to try something
1: here. We got to see if the door's over there. Someone has to swing over there and take a look. Swing? We make a rope, that a close. Take them off, I'll tie it around myself.
2: Oh yeah, you're gonna go. You weigh like 500 pounds, it'll snap in two seconds. I'm the lightest. Forget it. I'll go.
1: I'm going, Holloway. She's right, Quentin, you're too heavy. I'm the lightest after eleven. Anyways, it's my turn.
0: Yeah, guess what? That's a double entendre for. What is going to be her turn next? Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, she does go outside, right? And she's able to swing around. She can't quite grab it. And they all lose grip of the clothes that are, you know, holding her together and holding her out there. Surprisingly enough, though, I... Saw Kazan or Kazam Kazan, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, and he was actually kind of pulling his weight there. He was able to hold on, he was doing the right thing, even with his fucking weird one hand flapping in the fucking wind. So they do let go of the clothes rope. And right before uh the thing finally goes out, Quentin goes and he grabs the line and he's able to save her at the last possible second. You know, hey maybe this isn't going to go the way I thought it was going to go. So he pulls her up, he grabs her hand, he looks at her, and he gives her, guess what, I'm evil, bitch, and then drops her, fucking just drops her down into the fucking nothingness. Like, what the hell? Why did you have to do it? Yes, okay, you guys had a bad back and forth together, and she got a little more savage than you, because she figured out exactly why your wife left you, But that's not a reason to drop the poor lady. Man, she just made connections with everybody. She just told us her first name was Helen. Helen Holloway. Man, now I've got this deep-seated connection to her because I learned her first fucking name. Okay, that doesn't mean shit to me, honestly. All I know is that she has to be somewhat of a sympathetic character because she really has everybody's best interests. Sure, she's a crazy conspiracy fucking nut lady... But she does, like, care for everybody else in the group. And she actually helped save him when he almost got lacerated by that one thing. Like, she bandaged up his leg and everything was fine. So, of course, you know, surprise, motherfucker. I'm going to drop you to your death. Uh, yeah, and now what I thought was going to happen is going to happen. Not necessarily in the way that I thought it was going to go down. So, they all are now mourning the loss of poor Holloway. And... Over there in the corner, uh, Levin, she starts breaking down. And Quentin tries to convince her that he really, really needs her. Because, of course, he needs her to get the fuck out of there. You gotta be strong, sweetheart.
2: Don't even talk to me.
0: We gotta get down to the bottom.
1: It'll be easier to get under the shell from there. It's a long fucking way with only one boat. But we gotta do it before we get too weak. You gotta keep cracking the numbers, Levin.
2: I can't think anymore.
1: Sure you can. It's your
2: gift. It's not a gift. It's just a brain.
0: So they decided that, hey, maybe it's best if we go and try to take some fucking rest, right? And, of course, uh, he... Quentin, he acquiesces because he's really now, as you've seen, the alpha male of the entire group. He's the one that tells them what to do. He's the one that kind of puts everybody else in danger for the most part. Uh, and he's the one that wants to get the fuck out of there. He agrees that everybody does need a little bit of a rest. But while they're sleeping, he wakes up. He grabs Levin and takes her over into another room and explains to her that, hey, you know what? Those two... They're a trap! What are you doing?
1: We have to make it down to the bottom. It'll be quiet there and you can concentrate.
2: You just wanna leave them?
1: They're traps, Levin. We are the key. I'll get us down there. You think us out. Believe in me. Try and see what I see. How my mind works. The flash when I look into someone's head like a fucking x-ray. I looked through the walls. I dreamed him at his desk, designing everything. You can't let yourself, Apostle C, because there is a purpose. We are the purpose. The cube is us.
0: So there's a couple things here, of course. The first thing is the line of... God, it is so fucking cheesy. I can see through their minds like an x-ray. Now, this actually popped up once before. I believe this is the second time he says this. Or this could be the first time and I just messed it up and it's really later on in the film. But what? Like, I can see through their fucking minds. It's truly the fear and paranoia that's starting to get to him. Because it's more like this place is really putting upon him because he doesn't know where he's fucking going. He really has no other attributes than to be a person that polices people around. Hence, he's a fucking cop. Get it? Uh, and he has no control right now of what's going on. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know how to get out of there. And the other people have more control than he does on the situation because they're still fucking kind of calm, especially the guy, uh, Kazan Kazam, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, that he really has no cares about what's going on, at least that you can see going on right now. But he needs her, and he needs her so bad that he gets all rapey in the scene, and it's really kind of uncomfortable. But luckily Worth and what's his face, uh come in and actually kind of save the day and stop everything go from going down. And really, you kind of wonder at this point why or when did he get all the fuck crazy? Uh cause it seems like he's been okay, but it's this type of crazy that hey, He is putting these moves on Levin. It just doesn't make any sense to me why, okay, we need to get the fuck out of here. But first, you and I need to fuck. Like, I need to fuck bad. And I'm going to get all fucking creepy and rapey on you. So with Worth coming in with what's-his-face and intervening, uh, there actually is another scene where, um, you know, (sighs) Worth gets the boot. And gets the crap beat out of him. They're fucking spies. Him, the retard.
1: Holloway had outside information about my family. But she slipped up, didn't she? She crossed the line.
2: You dropped her.
1: Just
3: go, Quentin.
0: Give us the boot, you pig. And that's when he starts beating the shit out of Worth with the boot and then drops him through the room below them. When Worth hits the bottom there, he starts laughing because he's found something in that room that they've seen before. Who did he?
3: It's 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 the wren. It's the old man. i be going in circles.
1: I can't be. Where are we? No, no. Where are we?
2: You figure it out. You haven't done anything. All you do is freak out, you...
0: So, yeah, they all kind of get demoralized at this point, and they're still stuck with each other. You know, at this point, when he's acting the way that he is, Quentin, I mean, wouldn't you just try to, like, I don't know, take something, make it into, like, a makeshift shank, and shank the levelling shit out of him? Just fucking get rid of him? Like, hey, guess what? You killed a bunch of people, we don't need here. Or, like trick him into going into a trap room or something like that because they don't have the ability to move like that anymore but no instead you know levin she just decides and she figures out hey you know what that sound has been the entire time you know the thing like gears and things moving around why it's actually this how come there's nothing out there
3: it's the edge we weren't at the edge before where's the room that killed wrens off.
1: Oh, that was good. What difference does it make? We're dead anyways.
3: Hey! Listen to what I'm saying! There was a room there before! We haven't been moving in circles. The rooms have! Of course. rooms? That explains the thunder and the shaking. We've been shifting the whole time.
2: It's the only logical explanation.
0: So, really, you didn't figure out the first time that things kind of move around, and it felt like an earthquake? I I guess. I mean, maybe you don't really realize it, but wouldn't there be a ton of moving if your room is moving along a track or anything like that? And you hear kind of the inner working of gears and shit like that? Wouldn't you really kind of put two and two together? But I guess maybe if you're trapped in a place and you just think it's paranoia setting in, then yeah, maybe you wouldn't realize that things are going on. But the fact that he's like, hey, remember we were in this room before, you guys remember what room this is, and there's nothing there, and nobody can quite put two and two together until uh Levin does, and then yes, that makes the only logical sense. And that's where she comes up with the idea that, hey, there's a bridge that would, should lead us between the cube and the outside. Look,
2: the room starts off as a bridge, and then it, it moves its way through the maze, which is where we ran into it. But at some point, it must return to its original position.
3: So the bridge is only a bridge. For a
2: short period of time. This thing is like a giant combination lock. When the rooms are in their starting position, the lock is open. But when they move out of alignment, the lock closes.
3: The structure of this size it must take days for the rooms to complete a full cycle.
0: So when does it open? So they don't know exactly how to figure everything out at this point, right? There's a bunch of random kind of science mumbo-jumbo that goes on uh, where they're trying to figure out exactly how they can do it. She looks at the numbers, and with the numbers, they're just there is a way that they can figure out what rooms to go through, right? It's not just that... It's a prime number. It's prime factors, okay? This is a little more of that mumbo-jumbo that I don't necessarily know about and I don't necessarily want to get into, but as she explains to Quentin, it's almost virtually impossible for a person like herself to be able to factor everything together in the time that they need to get to where they need to be able to escape. But that's when we figure out that there's something special about somebody else in the group.
2: Uh, Can you work the traps into the system?
0: Fuck the traps.
3: Let's get to the bridge. Well, you threw out our last boot, you fucking idiot.
2: Technically, I can identify the traps. Technically? At first, I thought that they were identified by prime numbers, but they're not. They're identified by numbers that are the power of a prime. Okay,
3: so? Can you calculate that?
2: The numbers are huge.
1: But you can, right?
2: She can. I'd have to calculate the number of factors in each set. Maybe if I had a computer. You don't need a computer. Yes, I do.
1: Figure it out.
2: I can't!
1: I'm not dying in a fucking rat maze!
2: Look, nobody in the whole world could do it mentally. Look at the numbers, 567, 898, 545. There's no way I can factor that. I can't even start on 567. It's astronomical.
1: Two.
3: Astronomical. What did you say? Astronomical before that. Factors.
2: How many factors, Kazan, of 567?
1: Two? What, are you fucking kidding?
2: Kazan, how many factors does 30 have? Three. How about seven? One gumdrop. I don't have any gumdrops. Gumdrop.
3: Kazan? I'll give you a whole box of gumdrops. for each answer. Gumdrops come in bags. Okay, you want them in bags? You got them in bags. I don't like
1: The red
0: one. So, okay, so Kazan, Kazam, Kazane, whatever the fuck his name is, he's fucking Rain Man, okay? He's an idiot savant, or autistic savant, I guess, if you want to be a little bit correct about how you say it. Uh, But he's able to determine those factors that they need uh, to figure out the way to get to the bridge. So they begin to do that, but then they all turn on poor old Quentin, man he gets his head kind of locked into a door and i don't know why at that point worth just doesn't try to fucking kill him so he gets worth gets uh levin and kazan or kazam whatever the fuck his name is kazing uh to go and move faster and faster and figure out where they're going and they get trapped in one room to where hey they want to know is quentin still alive
2: trapped Check the floor! Is he dead? Not quite! Not even
1: close! Not here, not I, not here, not here, not here a Fucking trap
0: I I just wanted to play that because that was really fucking funny to me. Cause it just like is he dead? No, not even close, motherfucker! That's the way it really should have been done, right? Like if he's that pissed off, they've already cursed enough, you know. Get in one motherfucker every once in a while. Get your inner Samuel Jackson out and go and say, not even close, motherfucker. So they keep running around and uh, eventually they get back to the room that they believe is going to lead them to the bridge. And surprising enough, Levin has a revelation in there while they're waiting for the bridge to show up once again.
2: Give it a minute be patient so guess what no this is the room we started in (laughs) i was right we should never have moved in the first
0: place (laughs) so she's able to actually guide them all well all three of them uh because they did drop quentin i should say into uh one of the trap rooms Well, not really a trap, they just dropped him from up top and he fell down and looks like he hit his head, and he's possibly dead because, well, there's a pool of blood around his head, but I guess we're probably all going to know better because this can't end good, can it? Uh, Not for our heroine and our two heroes. So, they get up to the bridge and they finally get to the point where they open the other door and they see the light from the outside, and... That's when Worth decides, hey, guess what? I am going to stay behind. Worth?
3: Go ahead.
2: What are you doing? You can't quit now! It's not your fault!
3: I have nothing to live for out there. What is out there? Boundless human stupidity.
0: So officially, he has lost faith in humanity, just like a fourteen-year-old who thinks the world is so imperfect around him. Uh, really, dude, you can escape, you can get out of there, you can have her. I bet you she'd be totally cool with it because you guys survived this experience and you could totally bone her when you get outside. Just get up off your ass and get out there. Well, she does manage to kind of convince Worth to join her, but then, of course, that's when Quentin shows back up and stabs the living shit out of her. I mean, (sighs) this sucks. She doesn't have a reason to die. Why do you need to fucking kill her? You need to kill her because you need to only have one survivor left. Because he also mortally wounds Worth. And actually, this is where you get the most brutal death in the movie. Now, the most brutal visual death you get is right in the beginning of the film with the Resident Evil uh, copied death scene. Right? The guy getting sliced in little bitty pieces. Now, here... Uh, Kazan's trying to run away, or Kazing, or Kazum, or Kazoo, or whatever the fuck his name is, Uh, and he's grabbed by freaking Quentin, and when he's grabbed by Quentin, uh, he's about to pull him back, but guess who pulls Quentin? Worth pulls Quentin, and he's holding on to him with his last dying breath, and then all of a sudden, the cube, this cube, begins to move, and it basically slices uh poor quentin here in half uh you don't really see it all you get to see is that the cube moves and then all of a sudden you see the streak of blood against the wall so it's kind of a cop-out i really wish we could have seen more of that or at least seen it and the other thing i kind of got was well wouldn't have still pulled kazan at least or kazing or kazam or where the fuck his name is uh pulled him into the pit behind them and killed him too but uh, I guess it doesn't, and he ends up being the only survivor. Worth, he collapses back, and he, uh, falls, uh, well, I'd say fall asleep, but he fall, uh, he dies, okay? He dies right there next to Levin. Uh, it really just looks like he falls asleep. Like, he literally lays down, It's like, oh, it's time to go to bed. Okay, I'm so tired. <sighs> Oh, I wish I had some of the 11 post-it, kill him. Anyway, so he dies, and then you're left with just an image of uh, Kazim, Kazam, Kazan, Kazang, Kazoon, Kazo, Kazi, Kabab, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, standing out there and walking into the light and escaping the cube with the f- following theme playing. my friends, is Cube. Uh, So, what do you think of the film? Uh, Personally, I mean, I still like it. Maybe I don't like it as much as I used to. uh, And it's really just for a couple of things. So, there are tropes that we should talk about for each one of the characters. And you can kind of get a guess of where everything's going to go. The only thing that did surprise me uh, about the film when I saw it the first time is that everybody but uh, our friend Kazan here uh, survived. I really thought that Levin was possibly going to be, cause that's the way they were kind of setting it up that she was the young, naive, innocent girl. Now you look at everybody, what the backgrounds that came from and why they might've been stuck in the cube. Uh, you've got Quentin, the cop, you've got, uh, Holloway, the conspiracy theorist slash doctor, um, the Levin, the young girl slash math whiz worth the creator of the shell, uh, You know, Kazan, which you know why, but he's kind of the outlier for everybody there. And then you've got Ren, who was an escape artist uh, that escaped many prisons. So you kind of know why Ren was put in there, right? It was probably more or less to test how everything worked. Uh, Can he actually escape from it, and can it fool somebody as good as he is? And the answer to that was yeah, it most certainly did, because he's the first fucking one to die, because he didn't realize exactly what all the traps were. Then, let's talk about Holloway. Holloway, you could say that she was thrown in there because she had an inkling, and she maybe hit a nerve with something that everybody else thought was just a true conspiracy theory, whereas it actually was true, and they were trying to silence her so she gets put in there. Now, her secondary reason for being there is because, hell, she is a doctor, right? And since she's a doctor, if uh, things go down, maybe she can help them last longer. Worth is also kind of a no-brainer. He's a creator of the damn thing. And for them to silence everything, just like Holloway said, he's gotta be a part of the whole cube crew. So he has to be in there, and you're kind of, if you're the cube guys, uh, you're hoping that he dies and doesn't make it out of there alive, cause then nobody will know about what's gone on underneath. And one of the guys that we saw in the beginning of the film, uh, he could have been one of the creators too, and he didn't survive the whole thing, so, there you go, you've already gotten rid of well, you've gotten rid of most of the stones, except for the guy that can't really talk about it, right uh and then you've got Levin, I mean her background with the math, everything it was just to figure that portion out. Here she is, you know she said something about her parents that I just live with my two parents, and they do stuff maybe they were also involved with the project we don't really know right all we know is the reason that she's there is because she can do math and she's helping figure out at least to whatever that point is at the end of the film or at least to get to the exit if possible and figure out what's kind of going on and then that leads us to quentin quentin is your your wild card of the film Uh, They make you kind of believe that it is the autistic guy, this Kazan, that's your wild card. But really, if it wasn't for Quentin, they would have, you know never left the room that they were in they would have all just stayed there well maybe except for when Ren popped up but quentin was kind of the leading charge in everything right he's the cop he's the one that everybody's supposed to believe is the good guy and he's the one that should steer everybody in the right fucking direction but it turns out that he wasn't necessarily the best guy in the world and who knew if he really was a cop or if it was just some type of long con long play I remember first watching the film, I thought that maybe because the way the guy acted and did the role, like you could automatically tell that that's not the way everything's gonna go. Everything's kind of over the top, everything is kind of over paranoid, and he, yeah, he'll change. At least in some point of the movie, right? Something's gonna go down but you really get more backstory more information about him and like i said it maybe it tries to make it seem like more of a sympathetic character that hey quentin's here and he you know he just really needs his driving force he has to get out he has to be with his kids but is that truly it i mean he basically is only just using everybody cuz he has no other skills outside of that his skills as a cop mean jack and shit in this environment right He has no sense of direction. He has no knowledge of what was built. He has no way to help people. He's just there to take up fucking space and to basically just force them away from the easiest solution, which was wait here and get to the fucking bridge, and then you can get the fuck out of the cube. So how do I rate this film? Well, the gore, I'm going to give it a three out of five, because the two scenes that do have a majority of the gore, uh, which is only two scenes. The makeup is fantastic, right? The The whole way the body crumbles in the opening scene when the guy gets killed, and the way Ren dies with his face fucking melting, uh, they look great, and especially for the time. You can even say some of the CG kind of works okay, because it's used sparingly. It's not like something, like I mentioned kind of before, like Lawnmower Man, for example, where there's a whole battle inside the fucking VR, and it's fucking ridiculously stupid. Uh, and... They don't really try to do anything like that. It's just for a couple of scenes. But a lot of the stuff they do are practical effects and very cheap uh kind of afterplays. You know, like when you see the thing, you don't actually see the thing go through the guy in the beginning. But they do show you the mechanism that was used uh right before he splits apart or shortly after he splits apart. So, But beyond that, there's not a whole lot else. There's a couple of just bloody things. They kind of look... Uh, you know, as they're getting dehydrated, as things going on, and it's kind of disgusting towards the end, but they look more like a crackhead than anything else. So, really, yeah, it's a three out of five. It's, like I said, good effects, but, eh, it's not total, like, gore fest. Uh, crap factor in the film, I'm also gonna give a three out of five, because I feel that the actor that portray- portrays Quentin, um, he really overdoes it and hams it up as he gets more crazy i understand in the beginning he's very calm kind of collected type of character and at the end the paranoia and the fear and desperation is all set in with his specific character and he is just overdoing he's really really overdoing it in my opinion uh also you know the the fact that things really don't change a whole lot it takes place mostly in just one room even though they're different Uh, And it's very dialogue heavy. There isn't a whole lot of action that actually goes on, but when you do get those scenes of action, they're pretty well done. So it puts you kind of in the middle for this type of film, which I, I am viewing it as a three. Fun factor, it's a 4 out of 5, because I really like the story. Some of the dialogue is really well done. And like I said, the action scenes are very energetic and very fun. And everything in this movie, for its time, still feels really original. Uh, And I really enjoy that. And even some of the overacting that our man Quentin does in this film, some of it can be really enjoyed. And I did like Holloway's character, even though she did overact as well uh, for most of her scenes. Uh, I don't want to just all put it on the Quentin guy, but he's the guy that I have kind of focused because he gets the more scream time out of everybody. Though they're always constantly around each other, we're focused a lot on him like he's the protagonist, but he's truly not, right? He's actually kind of the antagonist of the film and part of whatever military complex that they want to put in there. So maybe his job was just to try to keep him in there unbeknownst to him, but that's the way that it worked. Uh, So overall, what do I give this? Well, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five gumdrops. So it's it's a very good film. But just for those things that I've mentioned, my little negatives, and kind of wondering, you know, why they had to necessarily build these specific tropes. Why did Ren have to die so fast? Why uh, do we even need some of these? Why does that guy have to be so why does he have to act so autistic like ridiculously dumb autistic right uh and then of course be the autistic savant at the end of the film that gets them out of there it's kind of cheesy and it's kind of a stupid way out for the rest of the film and to get us just to the ending of it and then again why did everybody have to die i think levin could have survived I think that Worth could have been killed right when he realized that, hey, yes, you know what? There's something to live for and then kill him from behind and then Levin escapes with Kazan and maybe he won't let go of her before the cube starts moving and then when it does, it finally kills him. Something different. Like, I get it. It's also kind of refreshing, at least for the time frame, that all the big characters that you've come accustomed to seeing, none of those guys make it out and the guy that is challenge is the only one that does and that probably had a better grasp of what was actually going on than what was led on to believe so that's it for cube uh it, it, do i recommend it i should always go there. i do i recommend it that everybody see cube uh you know there are places that you can find to watch it um plenty of places to rent it and i definitely think if you've never seen it before it's a fun movie to watch um and for all the right and for all the wrong reasons at the same time now for next episode um this is a movie that i told myself i am never watching again and well here we are take a listen to the trailer here he comes careful all clear that's it
1: heart rate stable <laughs> If we don't use human DNA now, someone else will.
3: Regulators and politicians, they tear us to pieces. Millions of people are suffering and dying. What are the moral considerations of that?
1: This is illegal. We can go to jail for this. Human cloning is illegal. This won't be human. Not entirely. It's coming out.
3: It's not due for months. It's
2: slippery. What was
1: that? A mistake.
2: Here is something completely unique in the world. Empty.
3: Clive? Clive? Clive! Elsa, get out! It's dangerous! days within a matter of minutes she's perfect we'd cross the line what did you expect when you made it didn't you have a plan you can't let her out specimens need to be contained don't call her that what is
1: going on she's become unstable this is the
3: disaster everyone warns about a new species set loose in the world.
0: That's right, we're going to be looking at Splice. Uh, this movie it stars Adrian Brody. Uh, and if you want a quick synopsis before you decide whether or not you want to see it, uh, genetic engineers Clive Nicotli and Elsa Cass hope to achieve fame by successfully splicing together the DNA of different animals to create new animal hybrids for medical use. Uh, and, of course, they create something that goes horribly wrong. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not my favorite movie, but I saw it. Uh, I believe it was uh, Horror 31 on Twitter. Uh, they were, you know, they always do uh, a lot of this day in horror, uh, as well as, you know, sometimes sci fi and stuff like that. And I saw the movie pop up and I decided, hey, you know what? That's a good way to end sci fi month. It is, we started out with a straight sci fi movie and we kind of went into a sci fi horror film with Cube. A little more sci fi, a little more whatever. Uh, but, Straight up, this is a sci-fi horror movie. It is a horror movie. It is a sci-fi movie. Uh, It's a perfect way to end Sci-Fi Month. And it came out in 2009. So we've been going moving up in the years from where we started with Arena at the beginning of this month to ending with Splice, which is a little more recent. Still, you know, it was eight years ago, but still more recent than some of the other films that we've seen. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to a couple podcasts uh, that... Uh, I think you guys should all take a listen to if you get the chance. Um, Of course, uh, the B-Movie Bros, who were very nice enough to have me on an episode of theirs uh, that will be coming out soon. So if you want to hear me talk uh, with a couple people, uh, mainly uh, Phantom Dark Dave and B-Movie Paul... Uh, We we talked about uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, and it was a very interesting conversation, and if you want to hear my opinions on that film, uh, go over to their channel and uh, go ahead and download the episode when it's available. It's not available as of the date of this episode, uh, but if you're listening to it at a much later date, it's probably available right now uh also if you guys go check out of course don't go down that road podcast uh they are doing a cool thing uh that i am very jealous of they're going around the country in uh what they're calling betty uh and they've set up this really cool podcasting thing in the back of a trailer uh and they're just roaming the country and they're talking to people about horror which i think is fucking awesome uh and they were the ones to suggest uh leprechaun in the hood or back to the hood i should say uh which was great i believe they were follow number 100 so they've been following and supporting the show for a very long time and you guys uh should also go ahead and give them a follow uh, but the people the uh, the other podcasts I want you to check out as well, and other people on Twitter. Uh, John's Horror Corner. That's at MFF Horror Corner. Uh, and don't go down that road. It's DGDTR Podcast. Uh, you've got uh Mr. Isaac Thorne at Isaac Thorne. Bloody Date Night uh, Podcast, at Bloody Date Night Exploding Heads Pod, at EH Horror Podcast. Of course, the the gang over at Heavy Metal Horror Cast, uh, at HMH Cast. Uh, Vincent Price's Laugh, at Vincent Price LOL. Laughing Horror, at Laughing Horror underscore, or Laughing underscore Horror. I'm sorry I fucked that up. Uh, Basement Condition, at B meant Condition. Cinephiles Cenobites, at Cine, uh, C-I-N-E-C-A-L underscore Mass. Of course, the guys over there at Beyond the Void, uh, check them out at BTVCast. Uh, and, uh, that is it. And, of course, you know, check out, uh, you know, Movie Bros at Movie Bros, uh, out there on twitter um so definitely uh have uh a look at splice for next week um and before i forget fucking there are my own fucking plugs aren't there uh (laughs) it always happens at the end of the goddamn podcast i tell you every fucking week my mind gets fucking blank but at t underscore t underscore podcast on twitter terrible terror podcast at gmail.com if you have an idea that you want me to watch a film you can either dm me on twitter or go ahead and send me a message an email uh over there to the podcast email uh facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast you can look at the facebook page uh i have put up a video of a very cool place called ghost world golf uh Well, I should say, not the best golf experience for mini golf, but the decor and the theme is all horror-based, uh, and they are, it was really fucking fun to go out there with a bunch of friends, and you can see a video of our ghost adventures, uh, at Ghost World Golf, that is available on the Facebook page, um, and they're out here in Concord, California, so I'm going to give a shout-out here on the podcast. If you guys live in California and you live in the Bay Area, please go out there and support them. Uh, you get a fun time uh, for a full two hours for the price that they pay. They are not a sponsor of the podcast. I just had a lot of fun with my friends when we went out there. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast. Just give us a follow. Give us a like, give us a, a heart on everything to do, retweet, do all that fun stuff. Um, we've got a couple other movies, again, in the pipeline. Uh, I want to thank a couple people out there that have given me suggestions, uh, you know, that uh, we hit follower 800 on Twitter, uh, and so you are going to see a redneck zombie sometime later in the future. Whether it's next month or it's the following month, uh, you will get a redneck zombie movie. So thanks to Nerdgasm Network uh, at Podcast Nerdgasm uh, for being the 800th Twitter follower uh, as well as suggesting the movie uh, for us. So for the next episode, don't forget, watch Splice. Uh, It is available on YouTube for rent and otherwise. uh, And uh, you can get it off iTunes as well as Amazon. Uh, You can rent it there or purchase it. Uh, and watch it. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily buy it. I'm going to give you that right now. But if you've never seen it before, uh, it is a film I think that you should watch. It's one of the few films, uh, a lot of these, you could say, oh, I don't necessarily need to watch it. You get so in-depth. No, please, you have to understand the the fuckery that goes on in that movie, uh, and you should watch it. Also, uh, before I forget, too, I do use Periscope every now and then for specific movies, uh, where I'll do a Periscope video. You can find us. It's at T underscore T underscore podcast, just like the Twitter. Uh, I did a little mini review for it comes at night, and that was also up on the Facebook page. Uh, And you guys should go check that out. And let me know what you think of that film, because it's a very polarizing movie. And uh, it may actually be a part of the podcast once uh, it does come out on either VOD or Blu-ray or whatever, which might be soon, but we'll see. So uh, I've done rambling at the end of my goddamn podcast, and you guys are probably all oh, skip this. So, thank you again. I really appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that downloads. Go find out there. Go rate me on iTunes or Spreaker or Google Play or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever the fuck you get your podcasts at. Uh, and let me know what you would like to hear more of what you would like to hear less of. Uh, do we, are you a podcaster who listens to it and you want to be a guest on the show just to have a free form discussion about where the fuck you want to talk about? I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and I really thank everybody that listens and all the support that has come out for the podcast uh from those podcasts to phantom dark dave to the fear merchant uh to big solo 64 i got a lot of shout outs that go you know towards the end of it and uh to, to all those guys and also the podcasts. thank you so much thank you for thinking about me when you want to talk about stuff and, and again the guys at no sequel for you um you know Uh, everybody's so supportive and I appreciate it so end of the show I'm done rambling next time watch fucking splice tell me what you think uh, and we'll talk to you next time